0: Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. It is the third Sunday of Lent, and Father Joe Hudson will be preaching on Luke 13 1 9. As you listen, see if you can answer some of these questions. The questions 1. In the parable of the fig tree, what is the relationship between the soil and the fruit? Two, what are some examples of poor soil? And three, how do we make sure we are grounded in nutritious, life-giving soil? And what do the fruits of being grounded give us?
1: The Lord be with you.
0: And also with you.
1: The proclamation of the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. At that very time, there were some present who told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. And then he told them this parable. There was a man who had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ.
2: May we hear from you today, God, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I was listening this morning, just now to the various scriptures, I was really struck with, unless you repent, you will also likewise perish. And the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, and the law, and our obedience to them, and Jesus talking about cutting down a fig tree and burning it up. Whew. So where do you go with all that? Well, our lives are like a fig tree. That's what Jesus said. A gardener digs up the ground, plants the tree, and it grows, soon to bear tasty fruit for his family. If the harvest happens to be plentiful, he can even sell some of the crop to provide food for his village. But the fruit is always dependent upon the tree isn't it? And the tree, in turn, is dependent upon the quality of the soil that it is planted in. Figs need a slightly acidic soil. The gardener must pay close attention to the soil so that the tree will produce the right quality of figs. Jesus said that you and I are meant to be like that fig tree that produces good fruit But it's not all about the fruit. It's about the, it's not all about the end result, our actions and our behaviors. You see, fruit will not blossom, or if it does blossom, it won't be, it will be inedible if the tree is being nourished by poor soil. Fruit and soil. Fruit is the visible end product of our lives. Soil is the more hidden internal work of the heart and mind and soul. But to produce the right kind of fruit, the right kind of life, we need to be planted in proper soil. So what is proper, healthy soil for the mind, heart, and soul? Well, the Bible is always a good answer, right? It's a necessary source of healthy nutrients, But if you think about it, it's not quite as simple as just saying the Bible is the answer. Because many people down through the ages have used verses here and there from Scripture as proof texts to justify many behaviors, they have twisted it just to justify their lives. Much of the Hebrew scriptures, our Old Testament, speak of violence and revenge, and people can use that to justify behavior. Even the New Testament says that women shouldn't be teachers and must remain silent in church. Thank you, St. Paul. Sorry, women. Sorry, Nancy. You see, we need to use knowledge and wisdom in how we interpret these sacred texts. Even the professionals in our Christian churches can interpret scriptures in restrictive and unhealthy ways, thereby producing poor soil for us poor parishioners to grow up in. And our church and our family we live with or grew up in may also possibly be a little unhealthy at times and may be somewhat dysfunctional. This, again, has the potential to produce poor soil for our lives. When we grow from poor soil, the fruit that is evident in our lives may possibly be a bit bitter and not so nourishing to our lives and to the souls of those around us. Author and Catholic priest Joseph Gerzon spoke of this poor religious soil when he wrote about the Pharisees. He said this. Jesus was confronted by a group of Pharisees who were complaining about his lifestyle and his socializing with outcasts. I cannot understand you people, Jesus lashed out at them. John came neither eating or drinking and you called him a fanatic and possessed by the devil. I came acting normal, and you call me a wine-bibber, a glutton, a party-goer, and one who hangs around with sinners. Gerzon explains further, the interesting thing is that it was not the ordinary common people who gave Jesus this reputation, but the religious leaders, people who were in love with religion and obsessed with doctrinal purity and the rigid observance of law. They were the ones who gave Jesus the bad reputation. He indicted them for their obsession with religion, but having no love in their hearts for God and no compassion for people. Traditions and rituals were the gods they worshipped. You see, the Pharisees were poisoning the religious soil that was meant to nourish the people. Well, I raised my three children in religious traditions and rituals in order to establish them in faith. They grew up in the Wesleyan Church. They were cared for and loved by many. They went to Sunday school and learned the Bible. But some of the ways the Bible was interpreted was at times maybe a bit harsh and unloving. And a few of the lay leaders in the church were honestly a little psychologically unhealthy. (laughs) That's a nice way to put it, isn't it? (laughs) Well, as a result, uh, they were demanding and hard on my kids at times when they really shouldn't have been. As a result, my kids grew up in religious soil that was not always ideal. Thank God there was a good opposite end of it. As well. So what has been your experience? What kind of soil did you grow up in? How healthy was your family? How healthy was your church experience? How do we make sure that we are being grounded in good soil? Looking to the life of Jesus is one good answer. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Following in the way of Jesus will provide good soil. For your soil, your soul, and for mine. Father Girzon explained further the contrast between poor soil and nutritious, life-giving soil. He said this: Whereas the scribes and Pharisees and religious leaders after them instill religious doctrines and customs and rituals into people and mold them accordingly, Jesus showed no concern for these things. He was not teaching or formulating a doctrine to be memorized. His doctrine was in the relationships he was sharing. He was sharing the intimacy of his own relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit and introducing his closest disciples to his inner life. We have turned this beautiful sharing of love into finely chiseled and polished doctrines. He did not teach doctrines to be memorized, but shared himself. Deepening of our intimacy with God, caring for one another, was for Jesus' true religion. Do you see the difference between what many of the religious leaders and the religious system in Jesus' time provided the people and what Jesus provided? Much of the religious soil was at times a bit toxic. In contrast, Jesus provided nourishing and life-giving soil. His soil was the sharing of his life and leading the disciples to deepen their intimacy with God. Now, lest you take this a little too far, we are in just a moment going to recite the Nicene Creed. So I'm not saying it's all bad, but we need to be a little cautious, I think, too. Well, today's psalm speaks to us about this intimacy with God. It reveals good nutrients for the soul of our lives. The psalmist says this, O God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. The psalmist writes about seeking God. Here's a little baby better fuller translation that gives a little more of the emotional, passionate impact of this verse. God, I can't get enough of you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. You see, the psalmist writes about an intense hunger and thirst. We are challenged to diligently seek after and thirst for God. When we do, the divine trinity will infuse the soil of our lives with the proper nutrients to produce the most succulent of fruit, the behaviors and actions of our lives. So what is this fruit? What is the result of being grounded in this rich soil? The apostle Paul spoke about the Holy Spirit in our lives and the kinds of fruit that blossoms from within us. Paul wrote that the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The presence of these qualities will impact how we think, how we feel, how we express ourselves, how we treat others, how we behave in all circumstances. So let me give you just a few quick examples. With the fruit of love and kindness in your life, you may find yourself stepping outside your house and noticing a neighbor who looks a bit forlorn. And so you approach them and listen to their story and you provide nourishment to their soul. Maybe because of the fruit of love and generosity in your life, you may choose to participate in the men's breakfast, thereby nourishing the bodies of our parish family and blessing them with tasty food. albeit a bit carbohydrated food at that, but it is tasty. Because of your love and generosity, you may cook a meal for someone who is just home from the hospital, or you might participate in a bread ministry. Do you see where these actions flow from? They flow from the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, which flows from good, nutritious soil as we dig deep into Jesus and into the scriptures and into time with God. It is from healthy soil that the tree of your mental, psychological, and spiritual life will grow, and the qualities of this soil will determine the kind of fruit that you produce, the way you think or feel, the way you talk, and the way you behave. So focus on the inner work, not as much on the outward actions. Feed the soil of your life with the ways of Jesus and the presence of God. Amen.
0: The Questions 1. In the parable of the fig tree, what is the relationship between the soil and the fruit? Two, what are some examples of poor soil? And three, how do we make sure we are grounded in nutritious, life-giving soil? And what do the fruits of being grounded give us